And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, 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 what's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Friday, November 19th. Michael Beller and Derek Van Riper here with you to talk through the Week 11 DFS Main Slate DVR. Fun, fun week ahead of us. Some really good matchups. Chiefs-Cowboys obviously at the top of the list here, but Vikings-Packers, that's a fun game. Bills-Colts, that's a fun game. Bengals-Raiders, maybe not a fantasy bonanza, but that's a fun game, I think. we got a lot of intriguing matchups on the slate this weekend. Yeah, it should be some big scores taking down tournaments. I mean, Dallas-Kansas City alone is going to be, I think, one of the more popular games we've seen stacked in the last few weeks, and for good reason. Two teams that can put points on the board, two teams that like to push the pace, and I think it's nice to see the Kansas City offense maybe finding its stride here a bit as we're into the second half of the season, because for a while, it just looked like something was wrong, and I think what they did on Sunday against the Raiders was that first really big step back in the right direction. Well, let's start there, DVR. I think you you sort of have to. We know what the Chiefs are. We know what the Cowboys are. The total on that game is 55.5 on BetMGM, and pretty much everyone is expecting it to play to that script. No one thinks that we're going to be suddenly looking at like a 21-17 game in this one. By far the high, highest total on the board this week. The only other one that's at 50, and actually, actually now that I'm looking in the last maybe half hour, it's actually dropped to 49.5. That's Colts and Bills. So, we know that this is going to be a very popular game, Chiefs and Cowboys. Do you have to have a piece of it in your cash game builds? Yeah, I think you kind of do. The good news is there are lots of entry points. If you want to stay in the cheap running back range, assuming that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not back, which I don't think he's coming back because they have a bye in mm-hmm. Week 12, so why not wait the extra week and bring him back in Week 13? You can go somewhat cheap at running back and use Darrell Williams, right? I mean, the consolidation of that backfield with him leading the way, what he does in the passing game, very playable at 5,400. Uh, if you want to spend up in the passing game, you can go all the way up to Tyreek Hill at 8,200. Is probably your most expensive player if you want to do that, right? You get the the high ceiling that he brings. If you want to go a little cheaper, C.D. Lamb is only 7,600. You can combine Lamb with Williams. You could do something with Zeke and Hill. You could do something with... Uh, maybe you could even go something cheaper like Michael Gallup if you want yep. to, right? 4200 get some salary relief at the wide receiver spot for your last receiver. I think that makes some sense. And, of course, the quarterbacks are in play as well. And I, I didn't mention Kelsey. I didn't mention Schultz, not because I don't like them. But they're spread out in a way where no matter what you want to do with the rest of your lineup, you can pretty reasonably find a path to at least some exposure to this game. And I think just because of the the way it kind of stands out, even on a good slate, it's really a priority thing to do for those cash builds. All right, DVR. Well, then the natural follow-up there is what's your favorite way to get invested in Cowboys and Chiefs? It's Williams right now. It's Williams with Lamb. Um, I think it's the the cheapest combo that I think gives me the safest floor, but also gives me some ceiling. Uh, Doesn't mean it's the only way or the the best way, but that's, that's the way the rest of the pieces came together for me 
when I first started building lineups, I think it was Wednesday afternoon. Now, a lot can change between Friday midday and Sunday when the games kick off. We, we know that. We get surprise uh, news all the time that opens up extra value. And if that happens, then maybe it's easier to get up to a higher priced combo in this game. But I thought Williams and Lamb were the way to go, especially with Lamb getting to play out of the slot more now with mm-hmm. Gallup back. I think he creates more matchup problems there than he does everywhere else. He's great on the outside too, but I just think that that little nudge for Lamb makes me feel like he's probably more of an 8K receiver that we're getting for a few hundred bucks less than we should right now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of with you on that exactly. I like Williams. I like Williams without uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We saw him be a, a real weapon in both the run game and the pass game for this Chiefs team a week ago, and it's just a, it's a nice entry point for this game. I guess if I were going to go away from Williams, it would be because there are so many other running backs who are in a similar price range to him this week that are attractive for their own reason. So Daryl Williams is at 5,400. Uh, you've got David Montgomery at 5,500. You've got Dearness Johnson at 5,600, who still retained a meaningful role uh, when Nick Chubb was back. And Nick Chubb is back for Cleveland this week. Eli Mitchell, assuming he goes, he's at 58. Michael Carter also at 58. You've got a lot of running backs in that same range who you can get into your lineups and feel really, really good about. Chief among them for me would be David Montgomery. But the point there is, is that there are a lot of running backs in that range that can fill out lineups and let you spend up for Patrick Mahomes or Dak Prescott or Tyreek Hill with CeeDee Lamb or Travis Kelsey and Amari Cooper. You just have, you can get to those higher ceiling players in Chiefs and Cowboys and still fill in with the same price of running back and feel very good about what you're doing at running back. Yeah, and I think the the logic changes a little bit, of course, if you're in a tournament. It always does. I think the the way the tight end position is set up this week, it seems like there's a, a tendency to try and, and save there, whether it's Dan Arnold or Dallas Goddard if he plays or someone like Cole Komet or Gerald Everett. You can kind of punt there, and if most people are punting in a tournament, you can do the opposite. You can actually go with Travis Kelsey, right? Like Be George Costanza. Do the opposite. It might actually work really well. It should work well because it offers you a lot of leverage. And I think part of the reason people are staying away from from Kelsey, aside from punting at the tight end position, people who are paying up can get Darren Waller for $1,000 less than Travis Kelsey. So if Kelsey comes in as the fifth or sixth most rostered tight end instead of a top three tight end, and you compare his roster rate to that of the other players in this Kansas City-Dallas matchup, that's a great spot to be in because we know that on any given matchup, any given slate, Kelsey can have a 30-plus point game that unlocks everything for you. So he's sort of the the tournament pivot that I prefer just because of the way everybody else seems to be playing the tight end position this week. All right, my second big question for you this week is to Cam or not to Cam because he is officially starting for the Panthers. We knew this all week, but official word coming from Matt Rule on Friday afternoon, Cam Newton getting the start for the Panthers at, or against Washington at home. $5,100 is the price here. I mean, you couldn't have written this much better, right? Cam gets his first start uh, back in Carolina. It's not a road game with Ron Rivera on the other side of this one. How do you feel about Cam at $5,100? Pretty good, actually. I, I think there are a few cheap quarterbacks that are interesting. I think Washington struggles defensively, especially against the pass, are well-documented. Chase Young out for the season. Devastating injury for them up front. I mean, it's just going to be much more difficult for that Washington defense to fix its flaws without Young uh, and having 
less of a, an impactful pass rush without him. With Cam, we know the floor is high because of what he does as a runner. He showed that throughout last season in New England. He was a better fantasy quarterback than he was a real quarterback. By far. But he has better weapons in Carolina. His return to the Panthers gives him a much better supporting cast than he had a year ago. That bumps up the floor a little bit. Christian McCaffrey is healthy right now. That makes the Carolina offense so much more effective than when they were playing without him. I know there's that that whole faction of running backs don't matter. Christian McCaffrey is not a running back. He's something else. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we want to call him. He's just really good. He is he's dynamic. He has all the all the traits you're looking for in a modern running back, a difference maker at the position. If that's a short list of players, he's on the top of that list. So all that's a long way to say that I think this is a great spot for Cam. I think he's more of a floor play than a ceiling play, believe it or not, which is kind of strange because ordinarily a guy that can you know, take carries at the goal line the way Cam does brings that really high ceiling. I think he's just a safe path to your your 18 or 20 points at a near 5K price. 5,100 is a bargain, and that opens up a lot of interesting possibilities for the rest of your lineup. So I think you can absolutely justify it. Um, but I think he's going to be among the more popular quarterbacks this week because of the price for all these reasons we're talking about, but absolutely in the conversation for me because of what it does for the rest of your lineup. Yeah, I think he's my preferred quarterback this week. If I can only make one lineup and one lineup only, you know, looking at a cash game, I guess he could play in a tournament, but he's my preferred quarterback for all the reasons that you said. And then that leads me into Jonathan Taylor as my preferred uh, high-priced guy, my preferred running back, and my preferred just, you know, top value, top price guy because of everything he's done over the last, you know, now six, seven, eight weeks here. He has become just as bankable DDR as uh, we are used to expecting from Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey's been right there. I mean, coming back healthy and boom, uh, exactly doing what you expect him to do. But just look back over the game logs for Jonathan Taylor. Let's go back to week four DDR. These are DraftKings game logs since week four. 23.4 points, 34.9, 31.8, 22, 21.2, 37, 27.6. I mean, the guy just shows up in a huge way every single week. He is the heart, the engine of the uh, Colts offense in a way that I would say the only other guys who match him in that way at the running back position are Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. Those guys run their offenses in such a way that is unmatched by any other player, any other running back at least, in the NFL. We're talking about a game that just came down to 49.5 from 50. It's been above 50, the total, all week long. I know the Bills' defense is a very tough matchup, but just go back a couple of weeks ago, DVR, when we saw Derrick Henry go for 143 yards and three touchdowns on 20 carries against this team. Jonathan Taylor's that same brand of player, and you can point to the 76-yard touchdown Derrick Henry had in that game and say that did, you know, a big, big bulk of the heavy lifting. And sure, that's true, but Jonathan Taylor has that gear, and Jonathan Taylor dominates goal line touches the same way that Derrick Henry does in Tennessee. In fact, I would say Christian McCaffrey is unique in the way that he is the engine of his offense. Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, very similar in the way that they are their engines of their offense. It's actually part of the reason why I like the Colts plus seven in that game against the Bills because of what I think they can follow the same script that the Titans did a couple of weeks ago in a game that they actually ended up winning outright, although they were at home, Indies on the road. All I'm saying here is that I really like Jonathan Taylor, and it's uh, it gets you maybe away, quote, from Christian McCaffrey. I love the Cam Newton-Jonathan Taylor pairing, and then freeing up some still keeps you uh, free to maybe go after one of Tyreek Hill or CeeDee Lamb in that Kansas City-Dallas game. 
yeah, no counter argument there. And, and just looking at how the Roto Grinders projections are, are shaping up with roster rates, Jonathan Taylor looks like he's going to be a lot less popular than both McCaffrey and Delvin Cook. So you know, that's a great tournament angle as well, is that you could have a guy that's just as good as two more popular running backs and you know you have him rostered half as often, if not less. So uh, I think the thing about Taylor that makes me feel pretty good about him too is that even if the Colts are chasing this one, if the Bills have a you know ten or fourteen point lead and the Colts have to throw it more than they want to, Jonathan Taylor's involved as a pass catcher. So it's not it's not like he's game script dependent either. He's a clear more three down back at this point, and that recent track record it speaks for itself. Yeah, it absolutely does. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Wide receiver, a position that we're always looking to find a little bit of value at. It's something that's always there. It's a matter of picking the right guys. And, you know, a team that we keep coming back to on this DVR is the Bengals. And I think for obvious reason, right? I mean, this is a team that doesn't have quite the pass volume that we thought they were going to coming into the season. But it's still a good amount of volume. And you do have... Uh, Three guys that you can choose from. Jamar Chase has obviously played his way toward the top of the wide receiver group. And, you know, with good reason, he's at $7,200 this week. But then you scroll down the list and you find T. Higgins at 54. You find Tyler Boyd at 48. That's a range that we're always hunting in on the other side of that game. You've got Hunter Renfro and his extremely high floor at $5,800. It just goes to show you that there is still plenty of value in this tier of receiver. Yeah, it looks like that Bengals-Raiders matchup is going to be popular, at least for secondary stacks, where some combination of Higgins or Boyd or Chase and then Renfro or Waller is in play for a lot of people. Totally makes sense. I'm not going to talk anybody out of that. I think it, it, it checks out across the board. My question for you, as someone who is interested in Cam this week, if you're looking for some salary relief at wide receiver, and you're playing a tournament lineup, because I think the way you were talking about Newton with Jonathan Taylor, that definitely has more of a GPP feel for me. Robbie Anderson, is he more interesting with the change at quarterback? Do you think Cam's willingness to take some shots downfield might actually help Robbie Anderson turn his season around here as we move forward? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, we got signs of life from Robbie Anderson last week, right? He had the uh, four catches for 37 yards. He had the touchdown. He had the six targets. Touchdown wasn't a deep play, but it was just signs of life for Robbie Anderson, which is something that we are very happy to get in on. And then, you know, I, I think you could put DJ Moore in there. Obviously not the same level of salary belief, but at $5,900, like DJ Moore uh, is worthy of our attention in that range as well. I, I just think Cam Newton elevates the competence of Carolina's offense. And what he's able to do as a runner is really going to come into play, not only at the goal line, but in just picking up first downs and keeping the chains moving. 
a much better level of weaponry he has at his disposal this year than he had in New England last year, as you said a little bit earlier. I think both of those guys are worth going after. If you're going to play Cam, yeah, obviously he's not the traditional quarterback where it feels like where you feel like you really need to stack him with one of his receivers because of what he does as a runner. But I feel good about stacking him with those guys because of the price tags that are attached to them. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the thing I'm wondering about is how many attempts are we projecting for Cam Newton this week? How many times is he going to throw the ball? Yeah, like, you know, if you think about 25. all the options he has, so 25. So if you give him 25 attempts, McCaffrey probably gets a third of those targets or close to it. Mm-hmm. DJ yeah. Moore probably gets close to a third. And then the other third gets split up between Robbie Anderson and anybody else they want to get involved. Yeah, I think okay. that's fair reasonable distribution there's always long tail targets that go to players you don't expect because of certain packages mismatches whatever it might be all right look that that all checks out then i mean i think you can (laughs) you can justify any any combination of those panthers that you want if you're if you're buying into cam and what he's capable of doing on the other side of this game i was really surprised to see this i know i had a nice game last week marcus johnson is effectively the titans number two receiver now he's very cheap and as a result, he's going to be popular as someone who is uh, chasing all sorts of different builds this week and looking for that salary relief there. Do you go all the way down to Marcus Johnson at 3500 maybe as a, a piece you'd throw opposite Brandon Cooks as part of a secondary stack? Or is the Marcus Johnson big game last week just kind of a, a fluke and, and some fool's gold to start chasing here in week 11? Yeah, that's not something that I really want to get too tied up in DVR, to be perfectly honest. It feels like a little bit of a fluke from a week ago. I actually, I like the Texans with all those points in that game. I think that the Titans offense is really disjointed. And like, you got to give them, you got to take your hat off to them. They're 2-0 without Derrick Henry, but they have not looked great on offense. They're averaging 229 yards from scrimmage per game in those, uh, in those contests without Derrick Henry and so I just I, I there that whole offense and, and frankly that game is an easy stay away for me I really don't want any part of that game and I don't want any part of the Titans until we see something a, a little bit more settled from them uh, without Derrick Henry I just don't trust that team right now they're in a great spot in real life eight and two what they're a game and a half up on the Bills coming into this week for the number one overall seed in the AFC so they're in a really nice spot especially considering they still have three combined games against Houston and Jacksonville. They're in a really nice spot to get that by and then hopefully get Derrick Henry back in the playoffs. But I just think that right now, from a fantasy perspective, from a DFS perspective especially, I really don't want to get mixed up with that team until we see that signs that they have figured out who they are without Derrick Henry. So I'm basically avoiding that game. As we said, Cowboys-Chiefs, that's a game to target. You mentioned uh, Bengals and Raiders as a game that's going to be popular. Is there any other game that's on your radar as one where you want investment in but are sort of agnostic as to who the player might be? I think you could probably describe Green Bay-Minnesota that way, although it's difficult for me to make a lineup without making A.J. Dillon one of my running backs. Like I, Mm -hmm. I think of all those clustered up mid five low 6k backs Dylan James Connor Michael Carter David Montgomery Daryl Williams Miles Gaskin Dylan stands out for a reason I mean this is a backfield that Aaron Jones has been overpriced because he hasn't delivered but when you consolidate touches for Green Bay and you look at Dylan as a guy that's shown that he's a better pass catcher than people probably expected when he came into the league that's a really nice price for him because if you if you assume Jones is going to miss a little more time, 
the price is probably going to get up above 7K on AJ Dillon. If he does anything remotely good in this spot, the price is going to go through the roof. And I think taking advantage of that is something I'd like to do. But if you are thinking again in more of a tournament mindset, maybe you go in and, and go after Minnesota receivers. I know Green Bay's mm-hmm. defense has played really well, but this is the Vikings season hanging the balance. At least it feels like that to me. This game's in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins has actually played surprisingly well against the Packers throughout his time in Minnesota. The receivers are healthy. So I think that might be the 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 tweak for me is to go a little more aggressive with, with Minnesota's passing game in that matchup and, and maybe stack Minnesota's passing game and then still build around Dylan as one of my running backs. An exciting week, I think, ahead of us, DVR, with all the matchups that we're talking about here. And we didn't even get to really dive into Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson going head-to-head with one another in Soldier Field. I know that's the one that is right in the middle of your heart, going to be top of the viewing list for you this coming Sunday. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is uh, Michael Beller and Derek Van Riper signing off for the week. Good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. See you later. Bye. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.